Curriculum Associates presents the Extraordinary Educators Podcast with host Danielle Sullivan and Sari Laveris. Hear tips, best practices, and successes to improve your teaching and leadership and drive student growth and learning. We're here for you. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Sari, and this week, Danielle and I were joined by Josh Hall, who is a National Director of Content and Implementation at Curriculum Associates, one of our incredibly talented colleagues who is an expert in all things reading instruction. So we are so excited for you to hear our conversation with him. Here is Josh. Hey, it's great to be back here with you today. So Josh, tell us, what have you been up to? What's on your mind? There's always so many things spinning around in my head that that I'm uh, that I'm looking at and reading about. One thing that has really caught my interest here recently is this idea of discourse in the reading classroom. So uh, when we think about discourse, the first thing we think about is talking, right? Like we're we're talking, and that is true. Discourse is talking, but there's so much more to having discourse in the classroom than just having kids talk, and I know, uh, I think about my time in the classroom, I sort of went through this evolution that I think a lot of teachers can relate to where at first, like it's, it's always like calling on a student or I should say even more than that, it's like asking a question and then all the kids raise their hand and you pick on a student to answer. And then from there in my evolution of this, I sort of shifted into oh, well, you know what? Let me pose a question and then have kids turn and talk. And then I did a lot of turning and talking. And uh, and yet, as I, the more I get into to discourse, the more I see there's so many fun ways to get kids engaged in talking in the classroom. But it's important to remember that when we are having kids have conversations and talk, that we set expectations and we give them a clear purpose as to why they're doing what they're doing. So I think it's important for us to remember when we're having kids talking in the classroom that we need to be very intentional with why we're having them discuss, what we're having them discuss, what part of the lesson we're having them discuss, and really planning for that in advance. And there's so many fun ways to get kids talking in the classroom. And I know uh, as part of our new magnetic reading program, they have a whole list of ideas for getting kids engaged in talking. And um, some of my favorites from that list, I love the opinion line. And as I've uh, shared this idea with teachers, they love it. Uh, Third grade teachers, middle school teachers, reading teachers, social studies teachers, like the opinion line, it's so easy. Uh, What you do is you just, you make like a big timeline at the front of your classroom, except it's not a timeline, but just picture like uh, that, uh, uh, what would look like a timeline. And then on one end, you put strongly agree on the other end, you put strongly disagree. And then in between you put agree, disagree, neutral. So I think of this as I could pose the same question and it could look completely different based on how I have intentionally planned and structured that. So for example, let's say we've just read Charlotte's Web and I could say and pose the question to the class, do you think Templeton the rat is a hero? And then I could have kids raise their hand and then I could just call on them one-on-one. Okay, 
I could say, do you think Templeton the rat is a hero? And I could have the kids turn and talk to their neighbor. Or with the opinion line, I could pose that as a statement. I could say, in Charlotte's Web, Templeton the rat is a hero. I could give kids some think time. And then I would have them get up out of their seats and I would have them go to what they, uh, where they would go on the opinion line, whether they strongly agree, strongly disagree, they're neutral. And then once they've all lined up on that opinion line, I could then have them turn and talk to their neighbor about why they chose that part or, or why that was their opinion. And then from there, I would say, okay, those of you who strongly agree, why do you strongly agree that Templeton's a hero? Those of you who strongly disagree, why do you strongly disagree? Those of you who just maybe sort of agree but aren't sure, but we're getting kids up, we're getting them moving. Think about they had to first ha- uh, process that and and come up with their own opinion, and then they were talking, and then we were sharing out multiple opinions. And I think it's always important to remember that kids' opinions, like it could change. Like I could say, you know what, I didn't think about that perspective, and that's what teachers love about uh, the opinion line the most is we're getting kids talking, but we're also getting them seeing different perspectives. Thank you so much for sharing that strategy, Josh, and giving us just an overview about discourse. I think you named so many of the benefits, but absolutely, if you think about the difference between just calling on one student versus having them actually all think about it, then physically move to the spot. And then if they change their mind, they get to actually move and see each other move. And they're, like you said, learning about and listening to and reacting to different perspectives. It's so powerful. So we're curious, are there any others, if you had to name one more, your other favorite strategy to use to really increased discourse and how intentional it is in the reading class? Yeah, I think it's important. We've talked a lot about discourse being like a verbal exchange of ideas, but I think it's important to remember that discourse can also be a written exchange of ideas. And so another one of my favorite, and actually uh, it's a, I call it a fan favorite because anytime I use this with teachers or administrators, like they love it. And I've had them say like, I'm going to go use this in a staff meeting. And teachers are like, oh, I'm going to go use this like tomorrow. But it's the snowball where, again, I will ask a question. And then instead of just automatically starting to call on kids, I give the kids a moment to think and process, write down on a piece of paper. You could have them put their name on it. You don't have to. It depends like what my purpose is. If I'm just wanting to get ideas out there. But um, then they, they crumple it up like a snowball. They, again, this is where there's so many variations and it can just add so much fun and excitement to the classroom because I can have them all throw it to me. And then I could read out their written ideas. I could have them look and make eye contact with a partner and then throw it to the partner. And then they're now opening up the snowball, reading the response from their other partner Again, they're still having discourse and exchanging ideas, but one thing it's it's important to remember is that our kids are all coming to us with different backgrounds, different experiences, different ways that they prefer to communicate. And so as I'm building discourse into my classroom, it's important to know my kids, right? And also know and honor what they're bringing into the classroom. So the opinion line It's honoring kids that like to move. It's honoring kids who love to have that verbal exchange and talk and and, and all of that. The snowball, it's 
it's a, it's accomplishing the same thing per se. Like kids are sharing their ideas and exchanging ideas, but in a completely different way. And this is honoring kids who prefer to share through written communication versus uh, verbal communication. And there's so many other great uh, strategies and ideas like this, depending on how much time you have, um, your kids and what your purpose is. So to summarize, we hear a lot about discourse, but I, I think it's important to remember just having kids talk doesn't mean it's going to be effective. So we have to be intentional. We have to plan for it and we're going to have fun with it. So I'll leave it there. Thank you, Josh, so much. I, I totally agree. And as a former special edu- education teacher myself, having a variety of opportunities to share, to validate and affirm the students that are in front of you is so important. And I love the idea that discourse doesn't has, doesn't just have to be verbal. There can be movement, it can be written, but it's all talking about text. Let's talk about text, baby. Anybody? Great. Okay. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Josh, for all of that amazing uh, wisdom and strategies. We appreciate you. And educators, we'd love to hear from you. First off, if you're listening, please subscribe. We would love that. Secondly, we would love to hear from you. What strategies are you using in your classroom? So please continue engaging with us. Thanks, Josh. And we appreciate you. Get inspired by following us on social media and please tag us in your posts on Twitter at Curriculum Soch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Subscribe where you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to help more educators like you join the conversation, please leave a review. And remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators Podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates, editing by Whiteboard Geeks, social media by Atsdy Hannon, guest booking by Sari Labaris, production by Haley Browning. This podcast is copyright material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Curriculum Associates.